Well, my Queen Amidala, my Abadabadoo, whatever it is, has really kicked in, man. And you know what? At this point, I don't care what I say as long as I make that guy look like an ass. You know what? Can I ask the head of school something? Because maybe I don't understand, but does this jackass have it wrong? Does this jackass have it wrong? Hey, uh, hi. Uh, it's, you know, uh, it's the bitterest uh, pill. It's uh, Dan, I'm in the garage. I'm chilly. It's chilly uh, in here. It's a beautiful day, actually, in Los Angeles. Beautiful. Oh, I should definitely not be uh, here locked in the garage. I should be outdoors. Maybe, uh, you know, walking, cleaning up the, the yard, planting something or digging something. You know, there's a kajillion things I could be doing on this glorious day. But instead, I've been in the house uh, folding laundry and watching Smoking Aces. And then surfing the internet uh, if, for important information, I'm sure. And um, But now, you know, I, I thought we should uh, get together. You know, I'm enjoying a, a little uh, caffeinated uh, diet cola beverage. Your product name here. Are you the marketing manager of a diet cola beverage? You know, you could, you, you know, I, I could be dropping your name right now, but I'm not. My wife says that I drink like I'm on a commercial. There's something about the way I hold my soda and my glass, you know, my normal glass, my tumbler. When I take a sip, there's just something about, because I don't like to, you know, I like to slow it down. You got to slow it down and really. A little burble. Did you hear that burble at the end? I like that. And I got to tell you something. It's not because I'm a failed actor. That's not why I do it. I have never. Let me think about this. No, one time, one time I had to pretend to be eating a soup product in a commercial. But I don't know, I don't, and I don't know if it's because I'm a little bald guy um, or, or what, but I'm never the guy who handles the product. I'm always, much like the audition that I didn't make it to the other week, last week when T split her head open, uh, I'm usually the office uh, nerd, the white collar a-hole. The scientist with uh, black glasses. You understand what I mean. Once you become follically challenged, your, um, you know, your typecasting shifts. And uh, there you have it. So, uh, yeah, so I'm enjoying a Diet Cola beverage. But listen, here, here a couple things. Uh, numero uno is, um, where do we begin? Well, see, last night... Should I start with it? Yeah, let, let, let's just talk about last night. So last night, there, what happens is, typically, is uh, I forget that there's somewhere I have to be, okay? Bas- basically, I forget because either my wife isn't around to tell me or I put it in the computer. Like, like for instance, the other day, um, the kids and I are driving home from the dojo and, uh, you know, they had their class. Now, uh... Did I, have I mentioned even yet, you know, I, I got so fixated on actually being happy about the beautiful weather here. My wife, um, Melissa, you know, she has been out of town all week. Now, I'm, I'm recording this. You know this is recorded. I'm not live. This isn't broadcast, okay? You know that, you know that right? Okay, so when I'm saying this, it's Friday. It's probably 10.30 in the morning, 11.30, 11 o'clock in the morning, somewhere like that. In fact, while I'm telling you this, I'm going to turn my phone off so it doesn't interfere with all the equipment. There we go. I keep it in my front pocket, which is a very, very attractive look, I must say. Anyway, um, so she's been gone all week. And um, so we're at the dojo and we're about to drive home. And um, my phone uh, rings or buzzes or whatever it does. And it's one of my little calendar alarms telling me that... Um, Basically reminding me that earlier in the day, I was supposed to go to Hudson School and read to his class during library time, and I didn't go. And I didn't go because when I set the alarm, or somehow, well, let me me put it this way. When the alarm thing was set up for my phone to ring at 6.30 
to remind me to be somewhere at 9.45, it was 6.30 p.m. Oops. So, now of course, whenever this happens, and I'm sure this happens to you, and you're with your spouse, does it? That you, you have to have the conversation with the spouse, even though your spouse is not perfect. Even though your spouse is messed up, you know, too, and you would never uh, B-I-T-C-H at them over and over and over, basically what happens is, you know, love you, honey, but she has to read me the riot act. She just has to. It's there, it's in front of her, it must be read to me. I know, I feel horrible about it, but can't you just, and why do you, and how come, and always, and to the point where she drives me, see, here's what it is. I apparently, in her eyes, or in this case, to her ears, because we were on the phone, I apparently am not um, despondent enough unless I am absolutely furious with her. See, it's not enough for me to say that I'm sorry. You always say you're sorry. You always say you're trying. You always say I'm trying. I have to get so pissed off that I'm screaming at her. Hey, guess what, honey? You're the one that sent me the little calendar alert with PM instead of AM. So thank you, too. No, me being mellow, because I'm actually, you know, I don't talk like this to my wife. The way, you see how I'm getting all, why do you think I do this? It's because I don't, I can't. If I spoke this way to my wife, I would never have gotten married. Not the way it works. I speak this way uh, to you about my wife because we're friends. We're just hanging out and talking and, you know, this is what we do. We commiserate. Don't you think I'm pissed at myself is not enough. You must be you, you, you must be angry to the point of screaming at her about what you've done in defense of you. I don't, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I have to publicly, uh, you know, f- what do they call it? When you whip yourself? I have to do that. I have to get a cat of 9, 10, 11 tails and just whoosh, whoosh, in some kind of public square. I never set up the time to go to the library. That wasn't my thing. It was her thing. I really wanted to go. You know what? I, I did. I messed up. Okay, can we just drop it? Well, she had the good sense, probably because I messed up the library thing, to call me and go, hey, you know, there's this meeting to, you know, tonight. It was last night. Uh, about fourth grade. It's a fourth grade meeting. You have to go to a fourth grade meeting. Here's the, you know, letter from the... Head of school. Now, we have a head of school. We don't have principals. Were your kids or were you go to school? Do you have a principal anymore? Is that now head of school? Is that the 21st century? Apparently, the term principal, not self-explanatory enough for the 21st century. He's they're, the head. No, no, no. They're the head of the school. Okay? Are we all clear that he's the head of the school? School has a head and that's it. Now, luckily, we have a new head of school. Now, uh, I'm going to come around and say it. I didn't like the old head of school. The old head of school was a very attractive woman who actually, I got to tell you something. The first time I saw Sarah Palin, I went, oh, it's the old head of school. Kind of like that. Not quite so Caucasian. More racially ambiguant. But all in all, kind of like a very pretty woman who, you know, if you were casting a commercial... And one of the characters in this toothpaste commercial or whatever you're casting was the head of a school in a city, not an inner city, but a city, then you would cast this woman. Sure, absolutely. Can't speak, can't public speak, can't deal with parents. She talks to the parents like they're children and talks to the children like they've had lobotomies. Didn't wasn't a big fan. Now it could be partly also that I wasn't a big fan because honestly, the last time she spoke to me or my wife. Now, my my son, she she ended her reign at the end of my son's uh, third grade class, okay? He went into that school in kindergarten. The last time she said anything to me was before he entered kindergarten when she made sure I knew that there was a quote-unquote annual giving program which is code for give us money other than tuition. You got it? You're going to pay tuition, Mr. Class? Okay. 
You're going to pay tuition, and then you're also going to give us a gift. You got it? It's voluntary, mandatory. You understand how it's voluntary, mandatory? Last thing she ever said. Literally, I could be, I could be in a receiving line coming into the school. She'd be, she would shake the hands of 10 people. Somehow, somehow, just somehow be distracted, miss me, miss my wife, and then the next 10. F her. Now, also, she, she was. She was a dunderhead. This new guy is an educator. Love him. Love him. Love him. He, he, he somehow arranged for all these new Macintosh computers. Love him. Love him. Love him. The guy knows what he's talking about. Love him. He's in, involved in education, best practices, all the current thinking about this and about that. Love him. Love him. Love him. He doesn't want my kids watching TV or playing video games. Okay. that Okay. That might be a slight point of contention. Geek dad, you know, not, not okay. I'm, we're going to agree to slightly disagree on that one, dude. But all in all, I heart you. You got me? Now, this guy's trying to, you know, he's trying to revamp what was a very good school. Very nice school. Very expensive school. Very nice school. I'm on his side. I'm on your side, buddy. I'm on your side. Doing a great job. Thank you so much. Please. Thank you. Bless you. Darwin, you. Whatever you want. Just, you know, go. But what happens is these, so, so we had a meeting last night. It was for fourth grade. Now, I went to the kindergarten meeting. I went to the kindergarten meeting a couple of weeks ago, and uh, that was in the morning. You know, they gave out muffins. And, uh, you know, I guess some of the parents were really up in arms because the Spanish program had been canceled. And um, the new head of school, very kind of delicately, <laughs> you know, it, it just, it, it amazes me. Listen, I'm not that smart. Okay, I'm really not. I, I'm not, honestly, that smart. Like, I'm not, I could never have been to medical, like, some of you have been to medical school, couldn't do it. Maybe you're an engineer, couldn't do it. Computer programmer, couldn't do it. A lot of things. I get in letters for, oh, I do this, I do that, I teach that, I, do, I, I couldn't do it. Okay? So I'm not claiming I'm smarter than you. I'm just claiming that maybe there are a lot of things I just don't get that uh, wrapped up in my own shorts about. So apparently all these parents were really up in arms about the Spanish program that was cut for the kindergartners. Now listen, kindergarten is five, five years old. So the new head of school, and, 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 I, and granted, I could be remembering all this wrong because, you know, I could. He very kind of diplomatically, I mean, he's really good. He, he diplomatically explains, listen, studies have shown that like really, really trying to ram um, a, a language into the ears of a five-year-old, unless it's complete immersion, okay, unless it's like the, the home language, you know what? Uh, not so much, okay? If they're getting, you know, half hour, an hour, hour and a half or whatever a week uh, when they're five, uh, listen, the time could be better spent running and jumping, playing with things that are small, painting, doing things with their hands, okay? Because apparently at that age, that's how kids learn. They do by doing, do, 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 do things with hands. Don't put them in front of a computer screen, he says, uh, and don't try to sit there and go, you know. But not, not, you know, like none of that. Okay. But I hear you. I hear, you know, and then you're like, I hear you. So this, these are the arrangements that we've made for the Spanish program. Okay. So even though, listen, even though honestly, is it not going to do your kid any good? Do you understand? Do you understand how their, their ad Harvard admission isn't really in the balance right now? I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hook you up with some Spanish. Well, how much? Well, this much. Well, are you sure that's enough? Well, we could do maybe a little more. Maybe they could they could speak Spanish while they paint. That's going to be our... Tell you what, how about this? Well, they can speak Spanish while they paint. And then what we've arranged for is then one day a week, they can stay after school if they want. And for a slight extra, you know, but they'll get special tutoring if you're really... If you really are that into it. And it'll be taught by a woman who speaks fluent Spanish and she's been an educator for 27,000 years and she's great with kids and we know her. She's the mother of one of our, our teachers. She's highly credentialed, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. 
Well, what are you taking away from? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you're when you're spe- when you're teaching Spanish, <laughs> what do you take? What are you taking away from? From their fine motor education, from their mathematics, from their uh, pre-calculus, what are you doing? So then that becomes a whole big thing. So we go through this long thing about what is and happening, what isn't happening, and how you know there's only uh, you know like really this man honestly is put in the position of explaining to a bunch of grown adults ranging from age from probably, uh, you know, 30 to 55. This is Los Angeles, so the parents, you know, you don't know what you right? Let's say five-year-old, parents of five-year-olds, anywhere from 30 years old to 55 years old, he has to actually say the words, well, you know, I mean, you do understand that each day is only a finite number of minutes. So if we put in, do you understand how, right? Okay, they're only actually there from 8.15 to 2.30, okay? No, obviously he didn't say it like that because I'm being condescending uh, prig, you know, but, uh, and that's not a dirty word, look it up. So then... Look, <laughs> okay, uh, ages ago, a couple years ago, and maybe you guys do this, somebody, or no, I think maybe it was even I set it up or somebody was going to set it up and I, oh, no, 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 somebody else set it up for, for Hudson's grade. That's right. Somebody set it up for Hudson's grade, a Yahoo mailing list. And so all the moms and dads, mostly moms, can get on the list and exchange email. Oh, and that's right. What I did, that's right. Everybody wanted to know who had what teacher. So I set up a little thing where, you know, each parent could go in and say which of the two teachers for the grade their kid had. So in the summertime, the kids would know who they had. Okay. That's right. So, um, so you know, that went on and that's been on and that's been humming along now for three years with absolutely no incidents uh, whatsoever. So then, you know, somebody says to the kindergartners, hey, you know, this, you know, we we should do this. Well, some of the kindergartners are in for two years. So they've already had one. Okay, great. Well, then let's all do this. So in this meeting, now listen, may, maybe you're in a human resources. Maybe you're a psychologist. Maybe you're a sociologist. Maybe you're, you're just one of these morons that thinks this way. I don't know. You got to explain this to me because I... I, 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 I we had a discussion in our meeting of 30 to 55-year-old parents, all of whom either make enough money to send their kid to private school or whose spouse makes enough money to send at least one of their kids to private school, okay, so far, discuss the fact that one of them is going to draw up a list of rules of conduct for the Yahoo list that we can all maybe agree to so that we know how to better facilitate communications via the Yahoo mailing list. If you are between the ages of 30 and 55 and your common sense cannot help you figure out how to navigate a mailing list without upsetting the other parents, without making a complete ass of yourself, I really, I, I, I gotta tell you something, I can't go to these meetings with you anymore. You really need, I mean, please tell me, please tell me, just please tell me, please tell me, please tell me that it's not that we actually need this list. Please Please, please tell me that it's not that the that we need the list. It's that that particular woman needs to make the list. Please, please. Because what you have is actually a room full of 30 to 55-year-old, let's say, a certain percentage of whom have stopped their careers. And so maybe their career job thing, head, MO, self-image, 
is wrapped up in managing people. So maybe we don't really need the rules. Maybe just this woman needs to make the rule. I don't know. All I know is please, 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 please. Now, I uh, in a vacuum, I would just, like if it was just me and this woman, I would just go, listen, baby, <laughs> you want to make up that list? Go for it. I'll read it. I'll agree to whatever you say. Do you understand? Because my common sense is going to be more stringent than whatever you put on your stupid paper. But baby, honey, if you need to make that list, go, go. Just go. That's fine. But what happens in a group is she says that, and I have that thought of like, yeah, that's funny that you think we need that. And then I look around and everyone's going, yeah, okay, yeah, mm, that sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. I think that would really help. That would really help. You need this moron to make a list. We all we need to have a big committee meeting and have a big argument on the Yahoo group about how we conduct ourselves on the Yahoo mailing list. You people need to be strangled. And I'm volunteering. Now, this takes me back to the fourth grade meeting. And basically what happens is, now this one was at night, but, but all these meetings go on, I would say, uh, 15 minutes longer than they should. And it's not because the head of school decides they should be an hour and they should be 45. It's not, it's not that. It's just in hindsight, you realize, you know, if, if we had really like, th- thank you, good night, 15 minutes earlier, the whole, the whole level of at least, the whole level of exasperation for me, looking around the room as everyone seems to be agreeing on something really completely idiotic, uh, we, could, we could avoid that. So last night, I'm at the meeting. Now, first of all, we had to bring something. And this was just a total like, oh, oh my God. You know, Melissa's out of town. We had to bring some food for a casual, what was a casual pot lung? Bring enough food for 10 people. What, are you serious? What does that mean? Bring enough of whatever it is for 10 people to have some. Well, we had this uh, big thing, you know, good old Costco. We had this big thing of uh, what do you, uh, pu- pumpkin bread mix. So the kids and I made 24 pumpkin bread muffins. And, um, you know, uh, I'm a guy. I mean, I, you know, but I think, hey, you know, this is going to look good. I'm going to bring fresh baked. Hey, look at me. I had no idea how I was going to transport them to the school. No idea at all. Because I don't have a big plate. I didn't have a big, I didn't want to bring something that uh, was breakable. I had no, I was coming up with nothing. And then I was walking through the dining room and I saw that Tulu, Princess, had left her cauldron. Hmm. Her trick-or-treating cauldron on the dining room table. Now she's, you know, when she goes trick-or-treating, she's going to collect her candy in this little plastic cauldron. Well, the next thing you know, the cauldron's lined with paper towels. Strategically placed. Muffins go in and we're good to go. We go. So the meeting's going on swimmingly. This guy, I got to tell you, you know, this head of school, he's got diagrams of the human brain. He's got articles from uh, major magazines from Psychology Today. He's showing his flowcharts and graphs. He's using a keynote and there's transitions and all this stuff. Ah, finally someone I can understand. Someone with ideas, with data, with data. He's got, he, this guy's got data and data. Honestly, he's got humor. Uh, I, we're good to go. We are good to go. And, and the main kind of thrust of his talk, or one of the main thrusts, was, you know, my son, the age man, is uh, 10, give or take. He's, he's going to turn 10 in uh, March. And this is a very kind of dicey time. It's kind of the end of childhood. I mean, it's really, you know, hey, listen, it's pre-adolescent kind of thing. What's going on with them? What could be going on? What should... And one of his main themes, and this is what we talked about, uh, you know, a week or two ago when I, I cried like a baby. We need to teach our kids resilience and self-reliance. And one of the ways we do that is by not raising them like show dogs, okay? If you give your kids everything they want, the minute they leave your home, they will be crushed by the fact that they cannot have anything they want, okay? 
if you do not teach your kids a certain amount of self-control by letting them do whatever the hell they want, giving them whatever they want, never saying no, never putting boundaries on anything, the moment they leave your house, they will be crushed. You want to raise children that can walk out of your house, go, hey, dad, I'll see you in six months when I'm back from college. You go, okay, son. And you give each other a big bear hug and he goes off to college and then in six months he comes back and he's intact. Right? The grades are up. He met some chicks. He's got some friends. He goes to his classes. His grades are good. He's studying. He's learning. He's developing into a human that can actually uh, sustain himself uh, in, in American uh, modern modern world culture. Now, I don't even want to say American. In world culture, in the new world, new, not new world order, oh my gosh, you know what I mean. In modern uh, life. Right? That's the main thing. So th- here, are three, here are three things. So that that's kind of part of his thing, right? And and I wholeheartedly agree. Listen, we we can't raise uh, show dogs, right? These these got to be right, real human, fully fledged people. Okay, issue number one. Well, in the past, there has been a rule at the school that the kids are not supposed to watch TV at home during the week. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but it was a rule, and it may even still be a rule, and it was a rule that we really stuck to, and then, you know, as the years went on, you know, the, the grip kind of loosens. Now, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the kids watching loads of TV, but we do keep very close tabs. I wouldn't say close tabs. We always know exactly what the kids are watching. I would say 99% of the time, there's been that 1% where suddenly, you know, Josh and Jake is on some moronic, excuse me, Disney or whoever it is, these tween shows that are literally just useless. Yeah, there's been that 1%, but but, but by and large, we have a good, I'd say 90 to 99% stranglehold on what they watch and they don't suffer. There is programming on television. So listen, if we bend that rule a little bit, yeah, not going to make a big deal out of it. The kids actually learn quite a bit, quite a bit from the TV shows they watch because they like to watch educational shows. Fun, fun, not boring, cool educational shows. My gosh, I wish these were around when I was uh, a kid. But some of the parents really wanted to nail the new head of school down. Like, listen, do we still have the rule... Well, you know, I get, you know, and he says, listen, I don't, I don't want to make it super hard and super fast, but I would prefer certainly, yeah, that you really limit the TV time and the computer time that the kids have. Well, but can we tell you what, can we say that you said no? Because it's basically easier for us, okay, to say that you say no than it is for us to say no. So can we basically, can we just blame it on you, head of school? Head of school, can we just basically make some rules to completely restrict any res- like self-responsibility kind of stuff for the kids so that we don't have to be the heavy, but they don't get to do it, right? Can we do that? Now, does that seem a little ass backwards to be sitting there listening to a guy talk about teaching the kids self-reliance, but not, nah, you know what? I don't want to be bothered seriously as a parent to teach my child to watch television responsibly. Really want to do, I want to set up a situation where the moment I'm not looking, they just watch whatever the hell they want. That, that's, that would be the ideal thing. I want, to, I want to really set myself up as the police officer of the TV. The game warden, the parole officer, whatever, whatever analogy you're right. Like, can we do that, please? Can we make television a big, huge taboo thing? And I want to put it all on you, so I don't have to be bothered. Listen, am I am I out of line? Am I out of line here? I would rather my kids watch television and then learn to not watch junk. And to be honest about what they're watching and watch things that they might actually find interesting because we've kind of drummed it from day one. The moment they sprang from my wife's loins. Listen, educational TV is better than not educational TV. 
Okay, it just is. Because you learn and have fun watching TV instead of just watching TV. Just watching TV, that's only half TV. Right? And it's worked. I gotta tell you. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not a genius, but I'm not a moron. If they're going to watch TV, and you know they're going to watch TV, because sometimes you need them to watch TV. Don't you need them to watch TV so they just shut the heck up while you do the dishes or something? Yes, watch TV and watch one of the shows that I said was okay, that you love, that's an educational show. Is that so wrong? Then somebody brings up, and I, and I admit, I agreed at first. I admit it, I admit it, I admit it. Someone brought up, said, listen, you know, you guys just had this big scholastic book fair. You know, scholastic, right? Scholastic books, the big book fair. And maybe you do this now at your school. We didn't do this when I was a kid, I don't think. We always had those order forms that came, you know? It seemed like six years later, you'd get the book you ordered. Well, now, basically, a small Barnes & Noble moves into the multi-purpose room of the school for a week. And all of the kids go during, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a great racket. All the kids go during school to make out their wish lists. And then the parents get to go in there and tell them how many of the books they can't get. All right. You know, that's cool. Listen, we're big on books, big on reading. I'll buy you some, hey, you want some books? You want some books? I'll buy you some books. So we go down, we buy some books. So one of the women brought up that it was very difficult for her that, you know, you're, you're constantly put in that position as a parent. The kid says, well, mommy, I want, I want this thing. And it's the junk. You know, there's always the junk at the register. There's always like, there's, you know, and then there's displays of books. And in between the books, there's crap. And then there's the big thing of junky junk, junk over here. And her, this woman's daughter's like, you know, can I have some crap? And the mom's like, I don't want you to buy crap, but I want some crap. Well, no. And then the daughter, of course, classic kid line, well, you're the only mommy that's not buying kids crap. All the other parents buy the junk and I want some junk. Give me some junk. No. And then this woman said that she was saved by, you know, parent number two coming up to the register and that parent's kid saying, please give me junk. And that parent number two says no. And the parent number one says, see, I'm not the only one. Okay. So then someone raises their hand. And says, yeah, you know what? If this is a book fair, can you just sell books? Can we get the junk and crap out? And I'm like, yeah, you know, you go, girl. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get out the junk and crap. Because if we're going to the book fair, listen, it's bad enough that we're not buying the crap books. Because I will not buy my daughter a Barbie book. Okay? It's not happening. Mattel, I apologize. Listen, I'm not buying my daughter a Barbie book. I don't care if you dress it up like a princess story or a mermaid story or an executive story. If it's a Barbie book, it's not happening because it's useless sugar candy junk and I don't want it. Okay. So she's saying, can we just get rid of the crap? And I'm like, yeah, go girl. And then some of the other women are like, well, you know what? I I was one of the co-organizers of the book fair and I got to tell you, it's a package deal. To get the books, you got to get the crap. And you know what? I think it's because the markup on the crap is gigantic. Big, long, rubbery pencils and decks of car. Like what all, whatever all that junk is, it's huge markup, I'm sure, for Scholastic. Like, uh, and I guess what they do is they hide a bunch of it, put it under the table. You know, it's mostly books, blah, blah, blah. But then I thought, hey, no, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, back to show dogs. See, if, um, if l- let's say we succeed. Let's say we as parents, hey, listen, we are the control freak private school parents. And we, listen, we pay a lot of money for our kids to go here. So we expect a lot more control than would be even logical. We have decided now that when you have your scholastic book fair, no more junk. And once you agree to that, trust me, we're going to start going down the book list too. But let's say we do that. Let's say we do that and there's no more junk. And then when the, when the kids go in there, there's no junk. Wouldn't that be great? Well, yeah. I mean, I guess. But when you go into the grocery store, isn't there junk? When you go to Toys R Us, it's full of junk. Anywhere you go, there's junk. 
But if we create this environment where everywhere we go is just completely smooth sailing and there's no junk, there's nothing to distract you from the fact that you're supposed to be buying books, Slave, then guess what? The kids leave home, they have no self-control around junk, and you have failed, failed, failed. Listen, am I the only one that knew a guy in college who apparently just had no freedom in high school and did nothing freshman year but drank, 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 drank? What you doing, dude? Drinking. Really? Yep. I'm drinking. I'm drinking and I'm drinking and I'm not really going to class and I'm quitting the swim team that I think gave me a scholarship. I'm drinking and guess what? You won't see me next year because I'm drinking. I mean, seriously, am I the only? Really? Okay. It just made me, re- it made me really think like our part of our job as parents is to is not to, and it's so tough, man. It's so, it's really tough. It's tough to remember. Your job as a parent is not to make your kid's life smooth sailing. It is to give your kids the tools they need to weather any storm. Because you can't control the ocean. You never will. You never will. All right, let's let's go back over that. As a parent, it is not your job to create a world for your children where it is always smooth sailing. Or they will never weather the storm. Okay, are we clear? Analogy intact? Beautiful. If you don't have parents, or if you're not a parent, think about your parents. Did they do that or did they? Because listen, you got to weather the storm, baby. I got news for you. When you're sitting, uh, you know, alone in your empty apartment with nothing on but your underpants and a six pack of beer, you're going to want to, oh, what happened? Well, hmm, coping skills. Now, this is about the, this is about the time where he could have just, he, he really should have said goodnight. Okay. He should have given him the coping skills thing about the scholastic book fair and he did and, and good night and we would have been done. Just like I should probably quit now with this podcast. You know what I mean? Like this should be the end of the show, but no. So then he said, you know, 10 years old's tough and this is a small school. There's really in his grade there's 24 kids in each class and there's two classes per grade okay are we right 24 plus 48 he's basically with 48 kids the same 48 you know 47 kids since kindergarten really i mean there's been a little you know these guys left and these two came in whatever but pretty much hey listen ticked every year right okay so the head of school says and listen especially at this age let's just try to be mindful i would prefer when you're inviting kids to parties, okay? Birthday parties, whatever. Especially if it's a, you know, a gender-specific uh, party. To either only invite a very few, let's say it's girls, okay? You're going to have a girl party. Either invite only a tiny handful or all the girls. Either from the grade or the, from the class. So as not to create an atmosphere where it seems like everyone was invited except that one. Are you following me? His idea being, right? If you're inviting the major majority, then invite all. Or be safe and only invite a few so that the majority were not invited and therefore not feeling excluded. They just weren't included. There's a huge difference. If a lot of guys didn't get invited, then they weren't included. If only a few didn't get invited, they were excluded, right? To say that most people cannot 
in this room, in this situation, last night, just couldn't quite wrap their heads around the spirit of that little suggestion. They're all sitting there for the next 20 minutes going, so wait a minute, you're saying that I have to either invite less than 12 or all 48 kids? I'm not, I'm not throwing a party for 50 kids. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, he repeats himself very calmly. So listen, so wait a minute. So you're telling me now you're, wait, so now you're telling me how many kids I can invite to my party? No, I'm merely suggesting that, especially given a small community, even in a bigger community, this is not an issue on any level, but in a small community. So wait, so how many can I invite? How many? Tell me this. How many? Okay, we're doing this because I'm not going to do that. And one guy, especially, is getting really heated, man. He's like, I'm not going to do that. You can't tell me to do that. I'm not going to. Listen, we're going to invite whoever we find. And if one of these kids finally ends up uh, feeling kind of excluded, then uh, you know what? We'll deal with that then. Ha, ha, ha. You know, you'll have. Yeah, they'll be bringing a gun to school by then, jackass. Listen, don't you understand? Don't be a jerk. That's all he's saying. He's just saying, hey, listen, be extra mindful of not being a jerk. That's all he's saying. Listen, don't invite all the kids but the ugly ones, right? If you invite all the kids except like the bucktooth guy and the girl with the glasses, then you're going to kill the bucktooth guy and the girl with the glasses. You're going to crush them in a way that you cannot even begin to imagine. He's trying to create an environment of inclusion, not exclusion. They're trying to build a community where these people, these young adults, will eventually leave the school and be inclusive and not exclusive. That they will look to form groups of many, not groups of few. They need to learn by your example. And if your example is to yell at the head of school that you'll do whatever you damn well please, and if it ends up really crushing someone, then I guess we'll just have to worry about that at the time, then, oh my God, is that really the message that you want to send? To your child, jackass. Well, I don't think you can mandate that from on high. He's not mandating. Did you... Am I the only... And I'm looking around... And I'm getting agitated. Like the more agitated this guy gets, the more agitated I'm getting. But I'm getting agitated, obviously, at him. And I'm looking around, and I only see one other person kind of looking like I'm looking. Except she's perfectly calm, thank goodness. So I'm like squirming in my seat. I'm squ- I'm really getting like jacked up, man. I'm really like, you know what? I don't want to talk in these things because I'm going to really sound like a condescending a-hole. And you know what? Actually, at this point, I don't care. And it's funny. It was really weird because like about 10, 10, maybe 20 minutes earlier, uh, the head of school was talking about this thing in your brain. And I wish I could remember what it was. Like the Amidala, something like that. The Queen Amidala. Is that what it's called? It's a thing in your brain that basically... It stores your bad memories or some weird thing like that. But, but basically what it is, it's like, a, it's like a logic on-off switch. It's where your fight and flight comes in. And basically he said, and this is what gets people in trouble, is, uh, you know, you get mad at your friend or you do this, you do this, and this part of your brain flips a switch, okay? It flips a switch and it, the logic part of your brain, your frontal lobe gets bypassed and just brr, powers down. And this part kicks in, and that's when you want to really kick the crap out of someone or write a nasty email or, you know, send pictures of someone in a uh, compromising position to everyone on your mailing list. And then, you know, maybe 10 minutes later, you're like, ah, 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 and you kind of come back and, you know, the frontal low powers back up and everything's cool. Well, my Queen Amidala, my Abadabadoo, whatever it is, has really kicked in, man. And you know what? At this point, I don't care what I say, as long as I make that guy look like an ass. I'm going to say something. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I, you know what? Can I ask the head of school something? Because maybe I don't understand. But does this jackass have it wrong? So I'm raising my hand and I'm squirming in my seat like a third grader that 
finally knows the answer to the question the teacher's posing and has to go to the bathroom really, really bad at the same time. And luckily, the head of school called on the other woman. Because cooler heads prevail. And she said, well, I think all it is is that the head of school is just suggesting that we be mindful of the proportions. And just to make sure that no one feels unfairly excluded. And in my brain, I'm going, yeah, what she said, except really biting. Well, eventually my yabba-dabba-doo stopped pumping me through the brain with my self-destructive <laughs> adrenaline and I was able to not flame the room. See, that's why I don't speak is because I, I, I'm afraid that, you know, like, well, listen, um, head of school, I'm pretty sure what jackass over here is trying to say is that he doesn't really understand what you're suggesting. I'm always going to sit next to that woman from now on. Calvin's mom. It's absolutely amazing how she did that. Because I'm so used to people like, excuse me, can we make a rule list for the Yahoo group? No. No. Calvin's mom just laid it out there. It was nice. But my head was spinning. I got to admit it. My head was spinning. It was one of those things where I had to say something serious but make it sound joking. So at the, at the meeting the meeting is closing and I'm in the back row. I'm in the back row of kind of the normal thing and then there's like this other back row. I'm in the, like the almost back row. And I turn to the back row and I say to the, the woman who's kind of the, like the head of fundraising, I go, listen, you've got to stop inviting me to these meetings because I can't take it anymore. Do you understand <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. And she's like, ah, I know. I don't think they like, they didn't get it. And I, <laughs> so basically I just wrapped with the fundraising lady for a while. Cause I had to calm down. I was like, let's, let's joke. Let, can we joke? Let's joke. The really weird side effect though was, and then, you know, it's kind of, it was unexpected. I ended up rapping with the fundraising lady who, you know, I've always been kind of resentful of, honestly, because she's the fundraising lady. And I don't want her to raise funds out of my pocket. But because my, uh, uh, my dogla, darn, I should write this down. You know what I'm talking about, right? My, uh, my, 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 uh, you know, uh, my uh, on off switch, my logic button. Had been flipped. Um, yeah, I just started talking to her. And we'd spoken before, but it was just like, you know, whatever. And I really enjoyed talking to her. I had thrown myself over my social hump. And I don't know if you have a social... I have a social hump in a lot of these types of situations where, honestly, I could slip in, listen to the thing, take some notes, and slip out. I don't really need... Right? I just don't. I mean, no offense to anyone in particular. It's nothing to do with them. I just don't need it. It's sort of like working out. I mean, do you ever do you have that with working out? Like, I can either not bring myself to work out, or once I start, then I'm fine. Hey, listen, let's go. All day. I don't care. Right? I mean, I'm tired, but, but you know, I've, I'm on the other side of the hump. And I'm sure that's the way with a lot of things, but if until I get to the other side of the hump, man, it's uphill. But once you get to the top of the little hump, it's really not that huge a hill. You just got to get to the top of it and then it's flat. And it was actually kind of a shame. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually in the mood. I'm actually perfectly geared up right now. I am actually feeling, I would like to hang around and socialize at school. And everyone is leaving. Darn, the timing. 
Well, the kids came back. The kids had to come with me. A lot of they had made arrangements for the students. If you needed to bring your kids, and they would play around in um, the one of the science rooms or the computer lab, and it was all supervised. So the kids came and they asked if they could uh, have any of the leftover pumpkin muffins, and I said sure. H offered one to his teacher. And they said, how was the meeting? I said, very interesting. As usual. Oh, yeah, well, Hudson says, well, what did you guys talk about? I said, well, Hudson, do you know what irony is? He said, uh, I don't know, I think so. I said, okay, well, you tell me if this is ironic. Um, I was sitting listening to your head of school uh, talk about how you guys should probably spend less time watching TV and especially playing video games um, while you guys all sat in the computer lab playing video games. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, we're going to bang out a new episode of uh, Animal Rescue Force, friends. It's a, it's a Halloween special. I don't know when we're going to do it, but we are. It's going to come out before Halloween, obviously, hence the title. If you, uh, if you uh, or your child or, you know, I don't care. It could be your grandmother, I guess. It doesn't really matter. But if you, you or someone you know would like to uh, send us a picture, a drawing now, a drawing, of either a bat or a vampire. It's this Halloween special, our Animal Rescue Force friends, Batty About Bats. If you have a vampire or bat drawing you would like to send to us, send it to, uh, you know, info at arf, A-R-F-F dot TV or me at pill at bitterspill.com. It's not really, you know, it's not all going to separate buildings. You know what I'm saying? Uh, or, um... If you need to mail it, you better get your butt in gear because it's late notification, I know. But um, I'll put the snail mail address on the website. I would just tell you now, but I don't remember exactly our quote-unquote sweet number. <laughs> anyway, 206-309-0130. Thank you so much. Next time, uh, we're going to talk about my fix-it ticket. I got a ticket, and they said, you better fix it. And, uh, yeah, you know me. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, all right. What are your kids watching? Yeah, I know. It should be Animal Rescue Force Friends, but that's, listen, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. Uh, thank you. Talk soon. Produced by Jacket Media, JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.